We are starting, though, with some more concerns being raised about our health care system. This time, a long list of specialists, including cardiologists, orthopedic surgeons, respirologists, pediatricians, they have all penned a letter to the health minister requesting a meeting. And joining us to talk a bit more about this and some of their concerns is orthopedic surgeon and president of the BC Orthopedic Association, Dr. Lane Dilwart. Dr. Dilwart, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me today. You and some other specialists have penned a letter to the health minister. It starts by saying we want to express our deep concern for the estimated 1 million patients waiting to see a specialist in BC. It asks for an urgent meeting with the health minister. Can you talk a little bit about what prompted this letter? Well, I had uh, done a recent campaign back in March uh, for uh, a meeting with the health minister based on the problems we were seeing in in orthopedics. And unfortunately, I haven't gotten very far uh, with that. And I was growing more and more frustrated. So it led me to reaching out to more people and more specialists around the province. And the more stories I heard, the more concerned I was for the healthcare state in British Columbia. And I realized that every specialty, every aspect, every avenue of healthcare right now is in a state of crisis and and we need to start working finding and implementing solutions the letter goes through some examples as well talking about uh, not only long surgical wait times but it talks about the times when people are waiting for specialist care and we don't tend to focus on that as much or talk about that as much but can you give us a couple of the examples where somebody is waiting for specialist care and it's it's too much of a wait or too long of a wait and there are negative outcomes well if you can imagine you see your family doctor and they say you need to see a specialist for this problem there's a question that's lingering out there for patients. So it it, it really wears on them them mentally. But if you actually think about what can happen to people while they're waiting on a wait list, the easiest example is with cancer. You get this cancer diagnosis and now you're told it's gonna take three or four months to get in for a biopsy. And that that to any patient will lead to significant amount of uh, anxiety for them. Or what if you have a child who we were worried about an uh, autism diagnosis? The wait for that can be up to 18 months right now for a formal assessment. So now you have a three-year-old child, you think they might be autistic, and there's nothing you can do. There's no supports from the system to get you through that time frame. You're just waiting to be seen. You know, in the interior right now, we're having such a struggle uh, with, uh, with even simple x-rays that we have patients traveling hundreds of kilometers to an x-ray place that has a, a time frame to get it within a, a shorter time period. I mean, it. It's in every aspect of our care right now. Uh, and waiting is, is such a mental burden on patients. And the problem also is that the disease process, whatever it is, be it an arthritis waiting for surgery or a hearing loss condition or any of these things, in medicine, most things are progressive. And so problems, unfortunately, can get worse while the patient is waiting. And when you mentioned those examples, too, and just to go back to the cancer example, because I think there's a perception out there that say, and I know there are issues as well in that you have to have a family doctor, say, to get a reference or referral to get a mammogram. And there, there are issues about that as well. But in a scenario like that, it's, I think it's wild, widely thought that if somebody goes, has a mammogram, something shows that there is some, there is cancer, there is something that needs more exploration, or there is a cancer diagnosis, diagnosis that you, that you then go to an oncologist and it's a pretty seamless process. But is that not what we're actually seeing? 
and we're seeing we're seeing that pro- process uh, get a bit more broken uh, lately. So you know you need to see the oncologist. You also need to get a formal biopsy, which requires uh, our radiology colleagues and and all of these things. The, the backlog is 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 so much right now that even those things are being delayed. So you know you would hope that once you have that diagnosis or thought, they find a spot on your mam- mammogram that you can get in quickly to get a biopsy. So first you have to wait for that biopsy, and then you have to wait for the oncologist to see you after that biopsy. And then if there's a treatment, you then have to wait. If it's surgical, you have to wait to see a surgeon, then to go in for surgery uh, to get the cancer removed. Or you have to wait for a radiation oncologist who uh, will do the radiation. And so there's so many, with a cancer diagnosis, there's so many more waits that um, come after they find the spot, be it in the lung, in the breast, in in uh, in the prostate. Right. Okay. We we hear from the health minister quite often, though, about how BC has done a great job when it comes to clearing surgery backlogs, many that were caused because of the pandemic. Uh, we hear often about MRI wait times, that those have become far shorter than they've been in the past. So are we focusing on, on perhaps areas that are good and not paying attention to other areas that you and the other doctors, the other specialists have raised? Yeah, I think I think we do have to focus as well and, and, and congratulate where where there have been some successes. MRIs is one success. But at this stage, some we're able to get CT scans and sometimes MRI scans prior to uh, simple x-rays, which should usually be the first stage in the diagnostic uh, process. So there are, there are so many different places that we are struggling right now that even for myself being in a, a, you know, a frontline position, I didn't know what some of the problems were until I started listening to my colleagues who are dealing with these patients. And that's what we're begging the ministry to do is to have a conversation and hear from us what are the problems. How are we going to come out of this healthcare crisis for our patients? It's also, I would imagine, it might be come as a bit of a surprise because we've also been talking so much about family doctors and the issues with shortages and why so many med students and people don't want to go into being a family doctor because we know it's like running a small business and there's so much paperwork and it's so time consuming. But we often hear in that argument that the people that don't become family doctors instead become specialists, but we don't often hear about issues when it comes to specialists. Yeah, so it's, it is a, it's a great point, and I think our, our family doctor colleagues are definitely struggling, and I'm, I'm very happy to see that they've, they've gained the minister's ear. But many of the problems that the, that the uh, uh, primary care docs have, we, we have as well. So we run our own small businesses. The, the key of in, infrastructure uh, for specialist care in British Columbia is the specialist outpatient office. And so it's, it's, it is our offices, which are uh, uh, owned by, our, uh, by the physician themselves, run by the physician themselves, staffed by the physician themselves. So all those problems that you hear uh, with the family doctors do echo quite a bit within the specialists as well. Be it the paperwork, be it the, the, you know, the overhead to run an office um, and the challenges of running that business. You've requested an emergency meeting with the health minister. What else could be done? Obviously, it would be good to get that meeting. But what do you see then as potential solutions to these long waits and to these issues? Well, we have to find a way to recruit and retain more bodies. We need need more doctors. The, The population of British Columbia has exploded. 
and we're just we're just not keeping up and we may need supports for infrastructure and, and allied healthcare professionals. There's so many solutions I can think about on the top of my head that, that would mean nothing if we don't have collaborative support between the government, the governing bodies of, of uh, the doctors uh, in British Columbia, as well as individual sections to, to really have a sit down and be like, here's, here's the biggest crisis we have right now, which I don't know what that might be, what specialty it would be in. We need to find ways to make this better. Is it through innovation? Is it through changing the way that these practices are run? Is it through infrastructure? Because specialist care is so broad that one solution isn't going to fix all of the problems. So it's going to need, you know, I've talked about this before, but it's going to need a task force. It's going to need people from all different aspects, primary care, specialist care, surgeries, you know, um, uh, diagnostics, everybody at the table to say, how do we make this overall situation better for patients in British Columbia? And did it get worse because of the pandemic or how much of this is because of the pandemic or it was already an issue? It was definitely already an issue. We've been we've been dealing with problems in specialist care for a very long time. And I think as with a lot of things, the, the pandemic has really just brought it to the forth, forefront and it's taken us to this verge of, of, of collapse. I don't think we've ever been quite as close to collapse as we are today, but all of these problems are longstanding. All right. Well, Dr. Dilwart, we'll talk to you again about this, I'm sure, and see if there is a response from the health ministry. But thank you so much for your time today and for joining us. I really appreciate you having me.